With a bad foot pumped up Because statistics are the best The bad foot pumped up Because you don't need footwear to bet Welcome back to the Barefoot Punter. I'm your host as always, The Mug. Your co-host is the logical one. The Pope is with us as well. And of course, we take our inspiration from the Barefoot Investor. But instead of giving you investment advice, we're here to give you a bit of betting advice on the 2021 NRL and AFL season. And it's a big welcome back to the program, to The Logical One. Thanks, Mug. I don't know where to start this week. There's been a lot happening. Your man Clarkson's gone. The weak Coast Eagles uh, have had another shocker and you have been texting me about Melbourne Storm minuses again. Well, geez, that's that. I know we don't we don't necessarily want to talk about the Melbourne Storm every week, but I tell you what, it is absolutely the gift that keeps giving and our uh, resident NRL tipster was all over it. The Pope, a big welcome to the program to you. Thank you very much, Mug. It might be the game of the year a week late. I've sort of been touted the Penrith match was the match we were all looking forward to, and then Penrith, sorry, Melbourne goal for dollar eight. But this week we've got Storm v Turbo, so we might have okay. it a little bit a week later than what we anticipated. But we'll talk to that more as the show goes on. And Turbo uh, is Turbo is just while we're on Turbo, he's been at it again. And is is he now worth more than he was when we spoke about it earlier on the season? Yes, in one word, logical one. He is what that number is. Can probably you can probably look at the last fifteen minutes of that game to some extent to see the value of Turbo, and we might talk about this in the next segment. But he went off the field late, and it made a marked difference in the fifteen minutes he with the early mark he got. So he could be you could write your own ticket for what he's worth at the moment. But if you said twenty now, you probably don't get scoffed at as much as what you might have six weeks ago. And, uh, and being a Monday night uh, last night, uh, Pope, with a bit of, you know, not, mu- not much else on and, and you put a couple of bets up. So I was tuning into the Melbourne game. Like, he is just phenomenal, isn't he? He's just power away from, I don't know what you call it, the power away from the ruck, we call it power away from the stoppage um, and his ability to hand off and score tries. Do you know who he reminded me of in terms of an AFL comparison? Is Chris Judd in his prime. Like, just that ability to burst and put on another level of speed and just burst away from everyone. Gee, he's, he's amazing, isn't he? He is. A couple of people ask me, what is it about him that makes him so good? And I think he just, he's a footballer. Like he's obviously a fairly impressive athletic build. So that, that helps, but he just knows the game. Like he, he reads it quicker than everyone else on the field, which is, I think is his biggest attribute and probably similar to what Judd, a Judd-like comparison there for your mug. I think he just understands the game better than, Everyone else going around at the moment, probably. And talking about understanding the game, I'll tell you who understands the game pretty well at the moment, and that's the Pope. Uh, mate, absolutely on fire again for the mailbag.com uh, on the weekend. I think you're all over the Roosters against the Eels, tipping up a, a 13 plus on the podcast last week. We were Broncos, Storms, Titan, Manly, total points, unders, overs, uh, anytime try scorers. What was it, five, six unit collect there for you over the weekend? Yeah, I think it was about five and a half for mailbag subscribers by the end of Monday night. So, mate, ab- absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, so well done, mate. Um, logical. I had a question for you. Where do you see Brisbane uh, right now? The uh, the Hawks got a hold of them down at Utahs. They're sort of trying to just push into that top four, and I think from their coach's own admission, he is maybe starting to think about life outside of the top four. Where do you see their chances? Can they? Are you writing them off? Can they can they come back from this? 
Sounds like there's a hidden agenda in your question there. They're one, like one of those journalists that puts questions into a coach's, are you writing them off there, says Mark. Are you right? Well, I haven't written them off, Mark. I never said that. I haven't, don't put words in my mouth. But I have been, I have been saying the last couple of weeks that I think they're in a bit of trouble. They've been in a bit of free fall for a few weeks now, well, even since they lost to the Saints. And, and they were lucky against the Gold Coast, you know, Gold Coast had almost given up for the season and they were still getting smashed at halftime uh, against the Gold Coast. The Hawks, I backed the plus there. I was really disappointed I didn't pull the trigger on head-to-head. Uh, really, that, that's just a missed opportunity. And, you know, the Hawks hadn't been going great, but Brisbane, they just, they just didn't show up for that first part of the game. And, that, you know, they've got to be really asking themselves some questions now, what they're going to do. They've got a, they've got a few... Uh, form issues. They, they've lost a key forward and they've lost a key back. They don't seem to be able to replace him, have been able to replace them. Things change when it comes to finals, but mm. the fact that they're probably not going to have home finals this year and be outside the top four, geez, they, they got their work cut out. And, um, and do we have our own Melbourne Storm in the AFL? Because North Melbourne, if I'm not mistaken, have covered nine lines in a row. Uh, they are absolutely flying the Kangas uh, from a betting perspective. Um, and uh, I look forward to talking about them a little bit uh, later on. But they're going quite well, Logical. They are going quite well. They've gone from start of the year. There's been a good turnaround for them because because they were really struggling early in the year. And they were, there was... Looked, they looked like easily the worst team in it, and they're nowhere near that. And they and they didn't even have Cunnington on the weekend and still played quite well. Uh, we'll speak about them a bit later on, but yeah, it's good to see they've turned that season around. Now, awesome, and uh, and a bit of late breaking news tonight just coming through that, um, and I think Juppie will be very happy to see this that the AFL has taken a tough stance on Viney's little elbow rub. Um, how did you see that one? Logical, a little bit of. Uh, little bit of sort of elbow work on the chin there and a bit of, you know, cop this and uh, two weeks. See you later. Yeah, it was, a, it was not a good look, was it? It's, it, uh, it was sort of reminded me of a certain incident in America recently that sort of started the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, oh, gee, that's, it uh... was really, really elbow on that, on that neck type, type arrangement. And yeah, and he, and he held it for quite a, quite a while. So yeah, has, has it been given a certain amount of weeks, has he? Two. two. They gave him two. Yeah. Yeah, two weeks. That's look. That's that's probably even um, you know par or unders. I was sort of thinking uh, heavy fine, maybe a week, but I, I actually was was quite surprised that they'd uh, c- come down heavy on that one and and, and give him two. And, and look, I don't I don't mind that. Like I'm not uh, anti anti that. But I did, given what's been allowed to pass this year with a lot of you know backhanders and elbows and, and whatever else, I, I probably did think that was a bit heavy handed in the end. But that's the stance they want to want to take. Interesting to see that. Either the market was anticipating that um, that Viney wouldn't play, or the market just doesn't rate Jack Viney uh, one or the other because that market has not moved. Uh, I think it was maybe opened up at 13s, went to 14s, and and with the news hasn't really hasn't really altered. So uh, I thought that was interesting uh, to note as well. And uh, probably remiss if we don't uh, discuss my man, but the the Hawks have made an absolute botch of uh, of this whole situation, and uh, and now we get an untried. Um, arrogant little so-and-so uh, in charge of our mob when we had the 18-year four, four, four premiership goat uh, at our disposal, but we've decided to say goodbye to him and now we've got Sammy, so uh, good luck to the Hawks. Good luck to the Hawks. Um, Clarkson, that's intriguing where he's going to go next. We don't, know, we don't owe Carolina Wilson an apology, one of the only uh, media outlets in Australia that don't because everyone was on, t- 
onto her about her um, uh, estimations or uh, predictions of what's going to happen there. But she was spot on. He was he was out the door, and and now it could be the pies of the, the victors. I see he's, he's moved into a dollar sixty for the next Collingwood coach. But oh, really? There's a lot of other. There's a lot of other um, clubs that are queuing up for him as well. Oh, I bet they are. I bet most of them are. Uh, very good. All right, boys, we better have a look at some bad beats. What did we see, Pope? I think you've got a few. Yeah, two standout probably for this week. Mark, we'll start with um, the game of the year, as it was touted well in advance, Melbourne v Penrith. If you're 46 and a half is the total points line in that one, and you're well within your rights to back the unders. Saturday night it was scheduled for, so even though Penrith were without troops, their defensive record probably stacked up to being an unders bet. But then you've had the game moved from Saturday night to Sunday afternoon, so a night game to a day game, which already was a downside for unders punters. And in the game itself, 46 points have been scored again in the last minute, and Ryan Pappenhausen just decided to drop over a meaningless field goal at the end of the game to make the margin 26 to 27. And cover that total points line. So a couple of factors didn't go your way if you're on the unders there, including a pointless drop goal from Ryan. So unlucky for you. And then last night was the other one. If you're on the Manly minus, which went off minus 19 and a half, they were doing as they please last night at 40 to 10. Doing what Turbo put on 20 minutes of just magical rugby league, led by 30. You're probably thinking it's going to be a 50-point game, if anything. Turbo goes off the field last 15 minutes. Cronulla then have a player sinned in, but still scored two tries in the last 10 minutes to cover that line. So, again, the power of turbo has uh, cost the minus punters if you're on Manly last night. Yeah, very good, Pope. And, uh, and mate, again, you were all over that, not getting sucked into the Manly minus, but instead tipping up the Manly uh, points, which was uh, which was definitely the play, mate. So the uh, mailbag subscribers uh, definitely got the goods on that one. And Logical, what about over in the AFL? wasn't anything too much around the match results that there was, you know, most weeks there's sort of a close game or a, or a close line move, but there was, or, you know, close line result. But I didn't see anything too much in the way of that over the weekend. It was more that total points. Again, we got some good lick. We backed the unders in the, uh, in the Gold Coast uh, Melbourne game. And that looked like it was piling over at uh, quarter time and half time. It somehow... Melbourne, but we've been on the other side of it plenty of times this year. They shut up shop in those second halves, just close. They're happy just to close games down. I don't really like it seeing it. I, it, was, it was good result for us, but I don't love seeing that from them. Yeah, um, it's, it's very. It, it's probably something to uh, make a note of, and I, I haven't gone back and looked at the history of it uh, just yet. But just to look at the. Melbourne's, uh, and I know Pope puts a lot of these bets up. You know, first half versus um, second half scoring, but. But Melbourne's first half scoring versus their second half scoring uh, feels um, like it's a lot less in the second half. I'll have to go back and have a look at some data there. But um, yeah, they definitely seem to just shut it up and want to chip it around, and just they just slow their whole tempo down. And yeah, it was uh, it was for all to see on the weekend again. Yeah, it's dependent on the match situation. It's when they're leading games. Um, but I, I don't like it as a, it ingrains defensive behaviour in them. And, and I think I've seen it in some of their games when they do get behind and they, they struggle to change and get that real running, you know, aggressive style of play, you know, that you need to do when, when you, when you, um, the situation um, requires it. it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very good. Um, all right, boys. Well, anything else that you, um, that you wanted to put up for discussion? Well, Saturday was a big day in both codes, I think, Mug, with 
especially in the NRL, we were moving to Darwin, we were moving to Townsville. The comp was off for the year, so big day on Saturday with postponement and matches was probably the other major tour we had in NRL circles. We eventually, PVL, the positive side of PVL, the crisis management came to the fore and negotiated the Queensland government and everything's all is well again. So he's a man for a crisis. The, the nuance of his management might be questionable, but he can, when things are looking dire, he's a man to get the code out of the problems they are in seemingly. It was a it was a weird feeling not ha- having any footy uh, on Saturday night. Uh, that was for sure. And then to wake up Sunday morning, knowing that we just had an absolute chocker block uh, book full of NRL and AFL was uh, was was quite overwhelming uh, to think that we had that much betting and that much uh, that many games on. But uh, all still uh, good fun, of course. Uh, all right, logical. Are you ready to do some games? Let's do it. Okay, first game we're going to talk about logical, and we mentioned it in the preamble, but uh, we're going to talk Richmond North MCG uh, Saturday sort of afternoon slash evening. Richmond here short dollar forty one, North Melbourne two ninety three, line fourteen and a half. Richmond, not a great team at the moment, and very short logical. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, actually, I think there's fifteen and a half still out there, quite wildly available. Uh, we spoke at the uh, in the intro to the um, to the show today how well Kangas have been going, but I also wanted to look at Richmond and how badly they've been going. Like their recent form, they lost to West Coast, which now looks not great. Lost to St Kilda by forty, then they lost to the Gold Coast, then they uh, then they lost to the Pies, then they beat Brisbane, which isn't as great a form as it looked then. Then got smashed by Geelong and then lost to Fremantle. So that's a horrendous form that they're in. And the Kangas are going quite well, and they get Taron Thomas hopefully back this week, and maybe even Zerha. And Richmond may get Broad, maybe one or two others back, but I couldn't be on anyone. But Kangaroos at the plus fifteen and a half here, I think it's you know probably a goal more than I'd make that. So pretty keen on the Kangas at the moment. Yeah, you're talking my language there, logical. Uh, I was thinking very much the same thing there. Kangas going well, Tigers not going well. What are we getting? Two and a half goals there. Um, that's a that's a nice little buffer. And, um, and Richmond have actually really struggled with their scoring too. You know, they're, they're going for large chunks of a game, like almost almost two quarters of a game, you know, putting like one goal on the board. You know, they're, they're really having issues. Tom Lynch is, I don't know if he's injured, but this year he has probably had the worst year of football in his career. And I'm, I'm a bit of a Tom Lynch fan, but he has been... Uh, really battling and it's um, it's really impacting their ability to score for sure. So, mate, I'm with you on that one. Consensus bet nice and early. Um, North Melbourne for the boys. Next one we want to speak about is the showdown. And it's a uh, Saturday night, uh, Port Adelaide, of course, and Adelaide. And it's um, it's going down. We got Adelaide here, 605, Port $1.13, 32.5 line. When I saw this one open up, uh, logical, my ratings uh, just say Adelaide, bet, 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 bet. I actually thought I, I was, I actually got really excited about this and was about to put money down. And then I just went and had a back a little bit of Adelaide's form and just went, oh, geez, maybe I, uh, maybe I won't do that. But I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on this one and which way you're leaning. Yeah, Adelaide's form isn't great, is it? And it's been up and down. But when it comes to showdowns, I think there's a couple of factors. A, it compresses games because you know that teams are going to try, both, both teams are going to try and try to their full extent. 
but also sometimes a home team can have a bit of an advantage when there's crowds. And I did see that there's going to be 15,000 allowed into Adelaide Oval on Saturday. So there will be a bit of a crowd advantage there to Adelaide, you would hope. Um, you'd be, you'd, I'd assume they're going to sell most of those tickets to Adelaide supporters back at the Adelaide Oval with crowds. On ratings, I made it about this, but with those two other factors in there, I have to agree with you. And I've got to be, got to be on Adelaide at the plus 32 and a half. It's a nice little start for these two teams playing each other. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so putting one up, logical, for Adelaide there, 32 and a half? Yes. Yeah, okay. Awesome, mate. And just for the listeners, do you feel now is a good time to be having a bet on that one or do you think we can extract a little bit more uh, out of that line? Is that going to sort of keep ticking upwards, you little? You think, as the as the mugs come in on the minus or, or where do you see that movement? I can't see how it gets bigger. I wouldn't think so. Yeah, okay. So now's, yeah. now's a good time to press? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Excellent. All right, mate. Well, uh, great one for the listeners. Thank you very much. All right, and Sunday afternoon to round us off uh, for the Barefoot AFL uh, conversation this week, Logical, we've got the Dogs taking on Essendon Marvel Stadium. The Dogs here, $1.28, Essendon uh, $3.73, and that line now uh, sitting around about $21.50. I had this line a little bit less than this, but uh, I'll be really interested to hear your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I know. I think I, when I first looked at this, I probably thought I'd be on the Bombers. But when I looked at it a little bit further and thought about it a little bit more, Essendon lose a couple of players and I think they've just started to really tire out a couple of games. I know that they came back late against the Swans, but a few other games I've watched them and I feel like their they're young players are tiring out. and They've lost, they lost Heffel and Langford, I think, this week. And the Dogs are getting back to law. They've got competition for sports spots. They're putting teams away. They're playing really well. They're, they're playing for percentage at the moment. And I actually don't mind the minus here, and I think I'll be on the minus. Yeah, okay. And that's uh, that, That's probably a rare, um, probably that three, four goal minus um, territory is probably not necessarily normally your territory, I would say. Logical, would that be a fair comment? Yeah, probably. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to hear you say that you're quite keen on that, um, obviously the punters should take note that it, this is this must be something that you think's uh, a pretty good thing if it's uh, if you're playing in those areas. Um, Langford, uh, quite an underrated player for Essendon. I'm sure the Essendon supporters appreciate what he does, but um, probably in the wider community, he's probably probably not as widely recognised. So, if, if he indeed is uh, is out, that is a uh, that is a loss for him. Um, I didn't have a a, a bet. Uh, for that one, but um, but really uh, really interested and keen to hear that that you like that one and um, and um, a, and a great tip up for the listeners. So thank you very much, Logical. I thought um, it was interesting on Essendon. I thought they really tired the week. It was against GWS, wasn't it? They yeah. looked they they looked tired in that game, didn't they? They just looked a bit sort of emotionally and mentally shot. But then they came out this week and showed a little bit of it against the Swans. So. Will be interesting to see how they react uh, this week against a, uh, a premiership uh, contender in the Dogs. Yeah, they're still in the fight for the top eight. As we know, most teams are falling over the line there. But you would think they're still going to put in an effort. But I have just seen that tiredness in them and losing a couple more. That's what uh, that's sort of my angle here. And, and they lose a bit of leadership. And, and man, I think it's a good angle. So uh, terrific, uh, terrific one for the listeners. All right, logical. Well, three good uh, uh, tip ups there for the listeners and some good chat on the AFL. It's now time to talk some NRL with the Pope.
NRL round 21. And before we get on to some matches, Pope, I just want to speak to you about a couple of things. One is when you and the modeler line up, just get on, just get as much as you can get on. Because again, last week, you both lined up on the Roosters and they won 13 plus. And you did actually mention that. Um, so really good stuff there. I think the modeler has been a great addition and he's, we've got his set again this week. So uh, stay tuned to see if these two line up again. Uh, the other thing was last week, the modeler did like Newcastle. Um, you said not so much the match, but to back them for the, the eight, $5 into $1.90. So you've really nailed that one there. Um, the other thing was, what is, you know, we spoke about it last week. Storm went off, I think, SP'd. Was it 18, did they, 18 and a half was their minus against the uh, Penrith on the weekend? Yeah, 18 and a half, 9 and a half. Yeah. So now I know Cleary's, Cleary's possibly back this week, but um, if he was, and if he is back, is Penrith still the second best team in the comp? And how far behind Storm are they if he's healthy? Well, I think when with him back and all their other players who were missing on the weekend, they all come back in that team. I, I don't think all things being equal, it's that far. I'd, if I had to give you grand final odds now, logical one, I'd be Melbourne dollar sixty, Penrith two thirty five, around that in a, in the okay. grand final at the moment. With on the basis, of all those players have come back for Penrith. Yeah, so a big anomaly on the weekend with players out, but you still think. It's it's competitive even the way that the storm are going at the moment. I do. If again the, the half a dozen who were missing, if they come in and get back to the cohesiveness they had at the start of the year in that team, then that gap that we saw on Sunday will be bridged very quickly. And I think those grand finals, I think that's about right at the moment. And probably on the upside for Penrith, if they get back to where they were in the first twelve rounds, then that probably goes off. They probably go off shorter if they look like they did in the first 10 rounds prior to losing Cleary and some other players. Cool. And and who'd be third pick in? I'd probably have Manly, to be honest. South in betting are, uh, but I, I think there's a bit of an asterisk on, especially how many points they can see. I, I think Manly, and we'll get to them when we speak to their game v Melbourne, that they haven't played much in the last seven weeks, and this week's a bit of a test, but They'd be underdogs right now, be South, logical one, but I'd be backing them at that. I, I think they'd be a real show and their form with two of the ways going, I'd, I think that'd be a good bet against South as we speak. So I'd have them number three, to be honest, which goes against the market at the moment, obviously, And if you look at the premiership prices. If you look against the premiership odds? Yeah, South, I think South's about six fifty, six dollars and mainly uh, 11 12 but I think it's a bit closer than that and... Yeah, I, I think Manly, well, I think Manly's the biggest threat. I think Manly's the biggest threat to Melbourne and Penrith in big games at the back end of the year. So as a result of that, I'd have them number three above Souths. Yeah, but is that premiership price partly on the fact that Manly are no lock to finish top four? Yep. Yeah, that, that, that would be a factor factor in that price, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So if they were, the market may agree, even if they were in the top four, you know, lock, they may be, they may be third in. Yeah, that, that's right. And I think we'll go to the, the South price is probably a little bit of a false price at the moment with how, how they've been going too. So they've stayed steady through the weakness in the bottom half of the competition or the bottom three quarters of the competition that they might look better than what they are. So, But you're right. I think if, if Manly were 
a legitimate top four chance and they're increasingly so they're bridging that gap, then I think those prices will shorten closer to the back end of the year. And again, the, the metric that probably is key to look at who's probably the one most likely to challenge Melbourne or Penrith in a preliminary final weekend or grand final. I think Manly are more likely to be a viable candidate against South right now. Okay, that's a big turnaround from where they were a little bit earlier in the season when when Tommy wasn't playing. Okay, let's let's have a look at some games here, Pope. The first game we're going to look at is on Friday night at Seabus Super Stadium, Gold Coast. Um, I think there's is it just the two stadiums they're using? This I know there's they're also up in the Sunshine Coast. Um, but we're looking at the Friday night game, Para versus South Sydney, uh, and South Sydney a dollar thirty six favourite. And around about that eight and a half, nine and a half, nine and a half point favourite. What are you looking at here? Sometimes a life logical one. Things aren't as good as they seem. Things aren't as bad as they seem. And I don't think Para are quite as bad as these odds have them in a three v four matchup as it stands. And I don't think Rabbitohs are going as well as what their record would indicate. Like they they rack up points, but they're defensively weak, and they're going to get their biggest competition in probably two months this weekend, even though it is a para who have been struggling. But I think they're too big a price at the moment. Para in the 325 head-to-head and eight and a half, nine and a half line. And I'll be backing him at that. And a lot of that's on the basis that I think South is a little bit of false economy at the moment with how well they're going. Okay. Well, as I said earlier, we've got the modelers set. He's not like It's not like the Roosters last week where it's a massive, massive difference in price, but he does line up with you here and he thinks that that, that those two should be a little bit closer together. So it's good to see you two line up here and uh, that's a good one for the listeners when you two do. And they also get Moses back, who I touched on last week. I didn't necessarily think he's worth a lot, but how poor and um, wasteful have been in attack the last two weeks, it can only be upside with him coming back in that team this week and he's been named this afternoon. So I, I think they are a bet at the price at the moment for sure. Okay, that's good. Second game we're going to look at this weekend, Pope, was on uh, Saturday night at Suncorp Stadium, and that's the Roosters and Penrith. Penrith are uh, coming off the smashing against, uh, against the Storm at the weekend, and, and they're going off a $1.37 favourites here and, and nine and a half points at the line. What you're looking at here, logical one, is who's been named in the number 21 jersey for Penrith is the big factor in this one. One end Cleary and... That nine and a half isn't big enough if he plays. You're making some assumptions whether he will, but he's all he's been a week away for a little bit. So I think he's more likely to play than not. And I'll be back in the minus here with him coming in. And we also get back at the head of biosecurity bubble issues that Mug and I touched on last week. And also Isaiah Yol comes back as well. So they're getting some of the big guns back, not quite the half a dozen who were missing, but Starting to look like more like that team from the first three months of the year. So, but Nathan Cleary is the big factor here, and that minus nine and a half won't be there if he's named sixty minutes out from the game. Logical one. So, I think we're going to bet early here, and I'm pretty confident he'll play. So, we're on the minus nine and a half. Those three players being included back into the side. How much do you think those three move the line? Fourteen. I think like in, if I talk about their worth, like Cleary's worth only gone up as time's gone on while he's been away in terms of how poor Penrith look and the combination of those three, I think it's worth about 14 points, yeah. Okay, so those three playing last week, it's Storm Golf, six and a half point favourites and the game's a totally different game. 
Bruce's that, that does a, uh, you know. Yeah, okay. Um, and a little bit of an asterisk here. The, uh, the modeler does make the Roosters a big bet, but I don't think his model will have picked up that Cleary's back considering he's been named on the extended bench. So it's probably one to, to stay out of based on what they are or ignore that a little bit based on the model probably doesn't have all the information into his team and, um, and, just, uh, and, and just follow the, uh, follow the Pope in. That makes sense what you're saying. The number what clear is worth is probably worth double figures now, which ties into what the model would be seeing on the 17 players who have been named for Penrith outside the extended bench. So that makes a fair bit of sense where the angle model would be coming from. Yeah, well, it's uh, one that I'm sure we'll get into have it updated later on the week with uh, Cleary in and, and feed that information through. Um, and if you want to see the, what Pope's, uh, Pope's angles are, you have to go to themailbag.com.au later on in the week. Okay, Pope, third and final game for the weekend. We're off to uh, Sun, Suncorp Stadium again, back-to-back. Uh, it's Saturday night at 7.35. Manly are taking on Melbourne Storm. The Storm at $1.28 and 12.5-point favourites. It's uh, an interesting one for me here in that they're going off a lot, not well, not nearly as big a line as what they did against Penrith last week. What are you seeing here? Pretty unique position we come to in round 21 that there's still some question marks over how good these teams are, which goes to show how weak some of the competition is at the moment, the NRL logical one. And if we look at Manly's last eight games when Turno's been on absolute tear, they haven't played much in that time so we're going to get a real idea of how good they are and how they do stack up against the best team of the competition this week so there's a lot of watch and see i really did want to be on the storm but the numbers probably not where i can be at the moment so in terms of a bet i'll probably need to update that position as the week goes on i can only lend the storm if i look at Millie's defensive record in the last Eight rounds, despite what Turbo's doing, they're still conceding 22 points a game. So generally that's enough for Melbourne. If you're doing that against the teams in the bottom half of the competition, then it, a whole growth here is against, against Melbourne. But it's very hard to go against Tommy Turbo at the moment. Logical one. I, I just struggling to get a read on it. Probably about the number I'll make it, but I'm mainly just want to see the game. I think it's going to be a really interesting game as to where both teams are at. Mainly, but in terms of a bet, we'll update it for the mailbag listeners as the week goes on, if if that line moves either way and some other angles in that match, it might come to fruition. Yeah, it's an interesting one. The modeler has got a pretty big lean here to Manly for the listeners if, uh, if they're um, looking for a bet there and considering the Pope hasn't put anything up yet, the, the modeler does quite fancy Manly. Um, I don't think there's anything bench-wise that would be putting an asterisk on that one, is there, Pope? No, the Melbourne missing players as well, they're which isn't a new phenomenon for them this year. They, they've often played without their best team. So not sure how much that matters, but it probably ties into the modeler's angle to some degree as well there. I don't have the lean that the modeler has, but I can certainly understand where he's coming from. And it, and it does take, the way Turbo's going, it's it's hard to bet against him in some respects. So it's, it's a pretty interesting game this week that we're going to get on Saturday night. Um, I'm mainly just keen to see how it pans out. And we'll, we'll know a fair bit more about both teams come 9.30 on Saturday. Yeah, it's, uh, I know you mentioned to me offline the other day, Pope, that it's been a little bit of uninspiring, some of the rugby league recently with the margins and the, and the uh, uncloseness of the games. And would this be one of the 
games you've been anticipating the, for the most for a little while? Yeah, probably a bit of a slow burn. I was really looking forward to last week as I've touched on a couple of times and that didn't come to fruition with Penrith out. But as his form increased and Turbo keeps going the way he is, this is, this is a really exciting prospect. And, and some of that's because of being devoid of those marquee matchups this year, logical one, which I've touched on. Like Generally, every three or four weeks, you get a game that's really enticing in terms of a quality big gun matchup, and that just hasn't been the case with the way the competition's panned out. So I'm really looking forward to this weekend in general. T- top six play each other in the three games we've touched on here on the podcast. So we'll learn a fair bit more about the competition as whole and probably see with some of the better players coming back to getting the point in, it makes it makes it a bit more enticing than, as you say, probably what it has been for a while, to be honest. And we have a bit of a smorgasbord here at uh, on NRL Experts. We've got the Pope, we've got the Modeler, and we also so do have the Magu chimes in. And last week, he did say, I think, that the Rabbitohs games just give up points. I think you backed him in there. I think it went over again. This week, can, is there any other angles similar to that? Do you, do you look? Do you think there's going to be a lot of points again in the Rabbitohs match? And uh, is there any overs-unders that you like? Yeah, there, there is logical one. And I can only be on the points in that Parramatta Rabbitohs game, one way or the other, Teams are going to be scoring there, so I will be, I will be on the overs in that game. And the other one, the other match that I do like in the total points offering is the Manly Melbourne game as well, for various reasons that we touched on. Manly concede, and I think they can score too with Turbo. I think they can still get over the stripe against Melbourne. So both the overs in in those games, I think, is worthy bets this week as well. Cool. Just following on with that total points, uh, there hasn't really been a drop-off in scoring this year, has there? Like early on, the, the average total points quotes from the from the book was around that forty-point line, and then there was obviously the changes, the rules that started to take effect, and that rule change with the head, the um, head high and so on. That hasn't dropped off since we started getting the averages around the fifty mark um, early on in the season. No, it hasn't. The one aspect I have noticed. In recent weeks, logical one is probably the day game, night game. The quotes are too close to each other for mine. I, I think there needs to be a bigger discrepancy there. And the sample size is increasing that recently, I think about 80% um, as an ad hoc number of night games are going under. So I think there's angles there that we'll start to look at, whereas the day games probably isn't in for enough that they're going over a similar clip. So I think the total points are the quotes are too close together in, in what a night game is and a day game is. is probably the one angle that I think we'll look to maximise for mailbag subscribers in the next couple of weeks, especially. Yeah, that's, a, that's a pearls of wisdom because you do, you look down the board and those those quotes, they do look very, very um, generic across games. Um, so it's a great angle, once again, Pope. Uh, and and um, as I just mentioned, we have our third resident expert, the mug, um, giving us NRL uh, tips. And so let's bring him in to give him the last say and to close us off for the... Well, I actually... <laughs> logical. Calm down, logical. I actually <laughs> I actually had a question for the Pope, um, again, for my untrained eye, because on in the Storm game, um, Pope, who will be responsible for Turbo? So who's his opposite number that sort of is responsible for him, for Melbourne Storm? Because I'm keen to watch that closely. Who, who is that person? I think it'll be someone 
In terms of someone will be designated probably mug to say where is Turbo on the field. So it'll be around Verley calling him out defensively and Turbo pops up pops up everywhere. But Brandon Smith or Harry Grant will be your guy that you probably with no crowd you get a bit better audio that you get to hear from the player. So that their position in the middle field and Turbo pops up middle, left, right, where he's going is probably going to be the responsibility of a middle defender. And that's probably the hooker. And that rotates for Melbourne between Harry Grant and Brandon Smith. And they'll be probably responsible for verbally enunciating where, which way Turbo's going. And they'll know what he's done. They would have researched the tape around his preferred moves. So they'll probably be the, the ones who are at least calling out to their teammates what Turbo's likely to do. Because I mean, if if Melbourne, uh, if 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 Manly are any chance to win, um, Turbo has to play well. So, conversely, a strong defensive performance against Turbo pretty much probably guarantees Melbourne the win. So it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. I'm I'm actually quite looking forward to see how Melbourne uh, combat the uh, the mighty Turbo. See if anyone can take him down. And that's what makes this so intriguing. Like Turbo is outstanding. He might be on the best sustained period of form of anyone to ever play but it has been against weak opposition so yeah. can he do it against the bona fide best team of the competition that's what makes this game really interesting mm, very good well uh boys uh some terrific uh nrl chat there so thank you very much and as we always say gamble responsibly but more importantly gamble to win